Section 33 of The Art of Letters. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gary Grenholm. The Art of Letters by Robert Lind. Roman 20. Georgians. Arabic 1. Mr. de la Mare. Mr. Walter de la Mare gives us no Thames of song. His genius is scarcely more than a rill, but how the rill shines! How sweet a music it makes! Into what lands of romance does it flow, and beneath what hedges populous with birds! It seems at times as though it were a little fugitive stream attempting to run as far away as possible from the wilderness of reality and to lose itself in quiet, dreaming places. There never were shyer songs than these. Mr. de la Mare is at the opposite pole to poets so robustly at ease with experience as Browning and Whitman. He has no cheers or welcome for the laboring universe on its march. He is interested in the daily procession only because he seeks in it one face, one figure. He is lovesick for love, for beauty, and longs to save it from the contamination of the common world. Like the lover in The Tryst, he dreams always of a secret place of love and beauty set solitarily beyond the bounds of the time and space we know. Quote, beyond the rumor even of paradise come there out of all remembrance make our home seek we some close-hid shadow for our lair hollowed by noah's mouse beneath the chair wherein the omnipotent in slumber bound nods till the piteous trump of judgment sound perchance leviathan of the deep sea would lease a lost mermaiden's grot to me there of your beauty we would joyance make, a music wistful for the sea-nymph's sake. Haply Elijah, or his spokes of fire, cresting steep Leo, or the heavenly lyre, spied, tranced in azure of inanest space, some airy hostel, meet for human grace, where two might happy be, just you and I, lost in the uttermost of eternity this is no doubt a far from rare mood in poetry even the waltz songs of the music halls express or attempt to express the longing of lovers for an impossible loneliness mr de la mare touches our hearts however not because he shares our sentimental daydreams but because he so mournfully turns back from them to the bitterness of reality Quote, no, no, nor earth, nor air, nor fire, nor deep could lull a poor mortal longingness asleep. Somewhere there nothing is, and there lost man shall win what changeless vague of peace he can. These lines, peren, ending in an unsatisfactory and ineffective vagueness of phrase, which is Mr. de la Mare's peculiar vice as a poet. These lines suggest something of the sad philosophy which runs through the verse in Motley. The poems are, for the most part, praise of beauty, sought and found in the shadow of death. 
melancholy though it is however mr de la mer's book is as we have said a book of praise not of lamentations he triumphantly announces that if he were to begin to write of earth's wonders quote, flit with the ages on soundless wings ere unto z my pen drew nigh leviathan told and the honey-fly he cannot come upon a twittering linnet a quote, thing of light close quote, in a bush without realizing that quote, all the throbbing world of dew and sun and air by this small parcel of life is made more fair close quote. he bids us in farewell quote, look thy last on all things lovely every hour let no night seal thy sense in deathly slumber till to delight thou have paid thy utmost blessing Close quote. thus there is nothing faint-hearted in mr de la mer's melancholy his sorrow is idealist's sorrow he has the heart of a worshipper a lover we find evidence of this not least in his war verses at the outbreak of the war he evidently shared with other lovers and idealists the feeling of elation in the presence of noble sacrifices made for the world quote, now each man's mind all europe is Close quote. he cries in the first line in happy england and as he remembers the peace of england Quote, her woods and wilds her loveliness close quote. he exclaims quote, oh what a deep contented night the sun from out her eastern seas would bring the dust which in her sight had given its all for these close quote. so beautiful a spirit as mr de la mer's however could not remain content with idealizing from afar the sacrifices and heroism of dying men in the long poem called motley he turns from the heroism to the madness of war translating his vision into a fool's song Quote, nay but a dream i had of a world all mad not simply happy mad like me who am mad like an empty scene of water and willow tree where the wind hath been but that foul satan mad who rots in his own head the fool's vision of men going into battle is not a vision of knights of the holy ghost nobly falling in the lists with their country looking on but of men's bodies quote, dragging cold cannon through a mire of rain and blood and spouting fire the new moon glinting hard on eyes wide with insanities in the marionettes mr de la mer turns to tragic satire for relief from the bitterness of a war-maddened world Quote, let the foul scene proceed there's laughter in the wings tis sawdust that they bleed but a box death brings how rare a skill is theirs these extreme pangs to show how real a frenzy wears each feigner of woe and the poem goes on in perplexity of anger and anguish Quote, 
strange such a piece is free while we spectators sit aghast at its agony yet absorbed in it dark is the outer air coldly the night draughts blow mutely we stare and stare at the frenzied show yet heaven hath its quiet shroud of deep immutable blue we cry the end we are bowed by the dread tis true while the shape who hoofs applause behind our deafened ear hoots angel-wise the cause and affrights even fear there is something in these lines that reminds one of mr thomas hardy's black-edged indictment of life as we read mr de la mare indeed we are reminded again and again of the work of many other poets of the ballad writers the elizabethan song writers blake and wordsworth mr hardy and mr w b yeats in some instances it is as though mr de la mare has deliberately set himself to compose a musical variation on the same theme as one of the older masters thus april moon which contains the charming verse the little moon that april brings more lovely shade than light that setting silvers lonely hills upon the verge of night the verse is merely wordsworth quote, she dwelt among the untrodden ways turned into new music new music we should say is mr de la mare's chief gift to literature a music not regular or precise or certain but none the less a music in which weak rhymes and even weak phrases are jangled into a strange beauty as in alexander which begins it was the great alexander capped with a golden helm sate in the ages in his floating ship in a dead calm one finds mr de la mare's characteristic unemphatic music again in the opening lines of mrs grundy step very softly sweet quiet foot stumble not whisper not smile not where foot and not are rhymes it is the stream of music flowing through his verses rather than any riches of imagery or phrase that makes one rank the author so high among living poets but music and verse can hardly be separated from intensity and sincerity of vision this music of mr de la mare's is not a mere craftsman's tune it is an echo of the spirit had he not seen beautiful things passionately mr de la mare could never have written thou with thy cheek on mine and dark hair loosed shalt see take the far stars for fruit the cypress tree and in the yews black shall the moon be beautiful as mr de la mare's vision is however and beautiful as is his music we miss in his work that frequent perfection of phrase which is part of the genius of to take another living writer mr yeats one has only to compare mr yeats i heard the old old men say with mr de la mare's the old men to see how far the latter falls below verbal mastery mr yeats has found the perfect embodiment for his imagination 
Mr. de la Mare seems, in comparison, to be struggling with his medium, and contrives in his first verse to be no more than just articulate. Old and alone sit we, caged, riddle-rid men, lost to earth's listen and see, thoughts wherefore and when. There is vision in some of the later verses in the poem, but if we read it alongside of Mr. Yeats, we get an impression of unsuccess of execution. Whether one can fairly use the word unsuccess in reference to verse which succeeds so exquisitely as Mr. de la Mare's in being literature is a nice question. But how else is one to define the peculiar quality of his style, its hesitations, its vagueness, its obscurities? On the other hand, even when his lines leave the intellect puzzled and the desire for grammar unsatisfied, a breath of original romance blows through them and appeals to us like the illogical burden of a ballad. Here, at least, are the rhythms and raptures of poetry, if not always the beaten gold of speech. Sometimes Mr. de la Mare's verse reminds one of piano music, sometimes of bird music. It wavers so curiously between what is composed and what is unsophisticated. Not that one ever doubts for a moment that Mr. de la Mare has spent on his work an artist's pains. He has made a craft out of his innocence. If he produces in his verse the effect of the wind among the reeds, it is the result not only of his artlessness, but of his art. He is one of the modern poets who have broken away from the metrical formalities of Swinburne and the older men, and who, of set purpose, have imposed upon poetry the beauty of a slightly irregular pulse. He is typical of his generation, however, not only in his form, but in the pain of his unbelief, peren, as shown in Betrayal, close peren, and in that sense of half-revelation that fills him always with wonder, and sometimes with hope. His poems tell of the visits of strange presences in dream and vacancy. In A Vacant Day, after describing the beauty of a summer moon with clear waters flowing under willows, he closes with the verses, I listened, and my heart was dumb with praise no language could express, longing in vain for him to come who had breathed such blessedness. On this fair world, wherein we pass so checkered and so brief a stay, and yearned in spirit to learn, alas, what kept him still away. In these poems, we have the genius of the beauty of gentleness expressing itself as it is doing nowhere else just now in verse. Mr. de la Mare's poetry is not only lovely, but lovable. He has a personal possession, quote, the skill of words to sweeten despair, close quote, such as will, we are confident, give him a permanent place in English literature. End of section 33 Recording by Gary Grenholm